Coming up, we're back with three haunt hacks in audio design, dynamic lighting, and QR code marketing. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is day 41 of our 61-day Hauntathon, counting down to Halloween. Today is Monday, October 11th, and there are 20 days until Halloween. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our weekly newsletter at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. And now, here's Scott Swenson on affordable audio design for your haunt. Haunt Hacks. Hi, everybody, and welcome back for another Haunt Hack. My name is Scott Swenson with Scott Swenson Creative Development and the host of A Scott in the Dark, a periodic podcast for haunters. And here we are with yet another little tidbit of information that might be helpful for you, the haunter, during the haunt season. Now, some of these Haunt Hacks are crazy and really not that important. And then some of them are very important and, and really focus on, on key elements that we all should be focusing on as haunters. And this kind of falls into that category. We're going to actually talk about haunt audio. Now, again, this is one of those topics that is far too large and far too important to be handled solely in a haunt hack. So um, one of the things I would recommend is, is check out um, uh, the, the section in my book, The 13 Commandments of Haunting. Yes, this is a shameless plug, but there's a, a great deal, uh, a great article that I, I did a while back on audio and why it's important to haunted attractions. It's in the book. But why, what I wanted to do with this haunt hack was I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about not necessarily the equipment that you use to play this back, but what you play back you know, what the content is. And I know there's a lot of haunters who will just put on spooky, scary music and let it play. But over and over and over again, whenever I do either uh, panels at, um, at trade shows or seminars, or I'm working with a group of haunters on a specific project, the one thing that comes up over and over again is that there's a lot of haunters that just simply ignore the importance of the audio content, uh, what I call the audioscape, the soundscape of the room, so to speak. And, uh, you know, you, you like I said, you can just play a spooky record record. God, I'm old. But you can just play a, a spooky recording in the background if you want to, or you can actually create and and reinforce your story significantly more. Now, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk on a couple of different levels here. If you're a home haunter, um, you probably don't have to worry as much. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not a legal expert, but you probably don't have to worry as much about rights and royalties of the music or the, the content that you're playing. If you're a professional haunter, the bigger you get, the more you have to worry. And if you're a theme park, you already know you got to pay for the rights to use anything that you use audio wise. OK, so let's talk about a couple of different ways to find really affordable and very usable audio for your haunted attraction. The first thing we're going to start off with is public domain. Now, again, not an expert in the, the laws of public domain, but there's quite a bit of public domain recording out there, especially spoken word. This stuff comes in really handy if you're trying to set a mood in your queue. Uh, one of the places that I would rec recommend first is uh, um, pdinfo.com. This not only explains what public domain and royalty-free music is all about, it also has links to uh, several sources where you can actually find stuff that has gone into public domain. There's also some really well-known horror films that are also in public domain that you can actually play in your queue um, that guests can watch while they're while they're waiting to get in. Um, and there was a very famous one that I'm sure you all know about, but I'm, I'm not going to say it because it may have, somebody may have bought the rights to it again. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, check that out and you can find some, some really cool material there. 
I'd like to kind of shift a little bit into, oh, another place you can look is Library of Congress. If you go to loc.gov slash audio, um, you can see what's in the Library of Congress and what might be available to to use as background audio. Again, a lot of spoken word stuff. So if you're looking for sound effects and specific music, that's a little trickier uh, and you really have to search a little harder. That's why I kind of shift now towards the the royalty-free music. This is music that, um, well, the way I would recommend getting it is to, to join a subscription series. Um, it's not that expensive. And it like with the subscription series, one of the, I belong to a couple different subscription series, but the subscription series I belong to that I use the most is um, basically what happens is with my, my professional membership, I can download any of the music. So they have music, they have sound effects, um, they have uh, commercial jingles that are in certain lengths that are already edited. And once I download them, I can use them in pretty much any project that I work on. And it comes in especially handy for me because then I can put together soundscapes for my clients, uh, use, utilizing a bunch of different audio clips and like the the finger paint of, of audio editing, which is Audacity, uh, at least for me, super easy to use Audacity. Um, if you're a Mac user, you know, you can use um, whatever the audio editor is on Mac. I use that as well. Um, but again, it's it's just overlaying files and putting them together and fading them up, fading them down, creating something unique. And if you belong to like one of these subscription series, and when I say that, it's sort of like, you know, it's the same thing as as Shutterstock or Adobe or, you know, the, the where you get images. But there's ones that are specifically out there and they're focused on um, music, sound effects, and things that you listen to. And if you belong to those, I promise you they will pay for themselves very, very quickly. Uh, I think a personal uh, a personal um, subscription is like 100 bucks for a lot of them. And the, the business one, which means that I can actually use it as parts and pieces and then resell it to other people, um, goes up to, I think it's $200 a year. And everything you download, you can use as long as you want. So um, it's, it's an excellent deal, especially if you have multiple haunts or you do a lot of work for other people. Um, it might also be something that you look into uh, for a um, a consortium. You know, maybe one of you gets a, a business account and the others pay them to create their their soundscapes for them. Um, and that way you can kind of split the idea. Check with your lawyer first, though. Make sure you're not, make sure I'm not advising that you do something that's illegal. Um, but, but check them out because there's, there's a lot of them out there. You know, I think, uh, I think Pond 5 is one of them and, and, uh, uh, what's the other? Tune Pocket and there's, uh, sound something or other. But anyway, look for it. Look for royalty free music and you'll find all the subscriptions out there. Um, and, you know, maybe it's you, you sign up for a year and then, uh, you get you download everything you need for that year, and then you know maybe let your subscription go for a year or two until you need more stuff. Maybe that'll save you some money. But if you're doing professional haunting on a regular basis, get those subscriptions, maintain those subscriptions. I promise you, you will find use after use after use for this great edited music that you don't have to pay rights on every single time you use it. So. Um, one more thing that I'd like to talk about quickly about audio, and that is you know, everybody thinks that you just do one big audio track per room. And that I think is fine. You can do that. But if you really want to add something that's super cool, add point source audio 
to your haunted attraction. And what this means is it's a little tiny speaker playing a little tiny sound that draws people's attention. And the best example I can use is if you've got a walkie-talkie laying on a desk and you've got someone pleading for help through that walkie-talkie, make sure it's coming from the walkie-talkie and not just filling the entire room. Because what that'll do is not only does it make it seem more real, it also draws people over to the walkie-talkie so you're basically guiding the guests, distracting the guests, so that you can startle them from a different angle. And you can use little tiny computer speakers. You can use, um, there's just a bunch of, of small speakers that have, uh, you know, that you can just pl- plug a card into and let it run all, let it loop all night. Uh, and there's, there's bunches of those out there. So use that point source audio, use the public domain stuff and look into those subscription series where you can get, uh, rights and royalties free, um, music that music and sound effects that will just elevate the whole level of not only your haunt, but also all of your online and uh, any sort of video or audio promotion that you do. So that is the haunt hack for now. Um, keep an ear and an eye out for other haunt hacks here on the Haunted Attraction Network. Um, my name is Scott Swenson. I'm the host of a Scott in the Dark periodic podcast for haunters. Uh, I also have a newsletter that you can join. Just go to scottswenson.com, click subscribe here, or you can get any of my books like I showed earlier, um, 13 Commandments, or the, the another one that's very popular is Follow the Story, which is all about how to incorporate stories into your haunted attractions. So, Again, Scott Swenson. Until next time, happy haunting. Next up, here's Julia from Gantam Lighting discussing why bright areas in your haunt can be just as unsettling as dark ones. Hey guys, it's Julia with Gantam Lighting and Controls. And to celebrate the countdown to Halloween, I'm here to share some lighting tips and tricks. Whether you're a seasoned professional or are taking a stab at lighting your own haunt for the first time, these are some great ways to get the most mileage out of your lighting looks this year. Today's tip, bright can be just as unsettling as dark, if you do it right. It's pretty common to disorient a guest by shrouding them in darkness, but suddenly transitioning them into very bright spaces after very dark spaces can be just as jarring. Play with dynamic light level changes, especially if you have scenic or makeup artistry you want to show off. You could do this with strobe effects, of course, or a lightning crash, or by using doors and blackout curtains to separate spaces with dramatically different lighting levels. If you've slowly dimmed the lights and really gotten your guests used to the low light, sudden bright spaces can be especially powerful and pretty uncomfortable. Right before you plunge them back into darkness, of course. Probably one of my favorite examples of this effect uh, is at Not Scary Farm at Paranormal Inc. This is the added scene from, I believe, 2018. Um, Someone will fact check me on that. Uh, They created a flashback moment toward the end, which was lit like a hospital. So it was very bright. Um, I've never been so confused or skeptical of the actors in the room with me. It was so unexpected and it totally threw me off. Uh, While the rewritability may be a little lower on a surprise like this, it definitely left a lasting impression on me. Giving actors bright lights to fire at will is another great way to use these sudden bright looks in an unexpected way. Whether it's a headlamp or a wearable face light, You can definitely get the guest's adrenaline up by making these moments come out of total darkness around them. Definitely worth trying. Uh, Some of these bright light tricks 
your experience, especially if you are refurbing an older experience and want to add some new components. Um, let me know how that goes. Thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you next time on the Haunted Attractions Network. Finally, here's Tim from Scary Good Marketing discussing how you can use QR codes to build your email marketing list. Thanks so much, Philip. My name is Tim. I'm one of the co-founders here at Scary Good Marketing. And today what I want to talk about is QR code marketing. Now, QR codes have been around for a while. And when they originally came out, they were more of a gimmick and people didn't really use them a whole lot because you had to download an app, you had to do all that kind of stuff. Now, because of COVID, QR codes have been widely adopted and there has been a huge surge in the effectiveness of QR codes. You can really do a lot of great things with QR codes. So one is we talked about getting your email list and building your email subscribers. You can do this using QR codes, right? There's a lot of ways that you can do this. One of the things that we always recommend is having some kind of giveaway. And essentially what you're doing is whenever they scan that QR code, you're collecting their information and then you have them in your email marketing system. That way you can continue to send them emails. And then next year, when you get ready to um, start your hunt, you now have a whole list of people that you can go out and you can market to. Maybe every single night you have a giveaway, maybe every um, weekend you have a giveaway, and people can scan the QR code, enter their information for a chance to win. That's probably one of the easiest, fastest ways to do it. And what I would recommend is wherever like you're selling tickets or at the gate, wherever your entrance is, have a little sign that just lets people know, hey, you can scan this code and be entered to win XYZ kind of thing. Some places will also do, hey, scan this code. And if you have vendors or drinks or any of that kind of stuff, they may be able to get a free t-shirt or get whatever. That's 100% up to you. But you want to incentivize people to get their information. And normally, when you are first starting out, you can ideally just get their email. The thing that I would uh, say is if you're doing a giveaway, try to get maybe a name, email, and potentially a phone number just so that it makes it a little bit easier for you to contact that person. But that's pretty much it. And if you're running a giveaway, make sure that you look at all of your local laws and all that kind of stuff to make sure that you are running your giveaway the correct way. So like I said, really think of how you can start using and implementing QR codes. We have a few different examples and our favorite way of getting QR codes set up. All of that at scarygoodmarketing.com slash haunter. So if you would like any resources, like I said, go on over there. We're consistently updating that all the way now through Halloween. Today's episode was produced by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Stay up to date this season with our free weekly newsletter. Sign up at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. We're counting down to Halloween with daily podcasts and our 61-day Hauntathon. Our Hauntathon is made possible through generous support from Gantam Lighting and Controls. We'll see you back here tomorrow and every day until Halloween. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.